Welcome back to another episode of Where Are We Now, where I, Ruth Correa's get to connect, chat, kiki, and kahoot with fellow folks who came into the sweet spotlight when they were children or teenagers, and sometimes before they were ready, before they knew what that meant, <laughs> before they knew what it entailed, honey. I am doing this episode solo dolo today because simply I can. It is my show. It is my rules. And I wanted to talk about my name change because I get a lot of people asking me on TikTok and on other podcasts that I am a guest on about my name change. And I figured, why not just have this episode so I don't have to answer this question so much? Even though I love telling the story, I identify as trans and non-binary and Some trans folks don't like telling the story of why they changed their name because the name that they were given at birth is one that they associate with gender dysphoria or body dysmorphia or trauma or family of origin stuff. And while that's not necessarily the case for me, at least gender wise, no, actually, let's get into it. I do experience emotional gender dysphoria. I don't experience the kind where it's like with about my body and stuff. I personally love my tits. I don't plan on going on hormones at the moment. But again, it's like, this is all just like where I'm at today. This is where I am now. Literally the name of the podcast. Where I am now is I don't experience any physical gender dysphoria, really. I do experience it emotionally. I know that people look at me and think that is a woman, that is a girl, that is a lady, she, her. And while I'm like, you're not wrong, I am uncomfortable being perceived as like female. And I even hate the word female. I think a lot of women and feminine folks do. I was hanging out yesterday with a bunch of trans people and it was life affirming. Not only was it gender affirming, it was just life affirming just to be in a place and not be questioned. (laughs) I use they, them pronouns. And I also occasionally am okay with he, him. I think that's more of like a, you know, like close friends are like, ooh, he better. Or, you know, in bed. Like, (laughs) I'm okay with being called boy and like king and like masculine terms. And then I know that people are going to look, again, I know that people are going to look at me and think, girl, she, lady, woman. To which I say, you're not wrong, but if it's like a close friend or like a family member who is using she, her for me by default, I don't love that because you know me. Yeah, I don't know. Like for instance, at my muggle job, like it's a lot of ladies because predominantly the staff is cis women. I actually think I'm the only non-binary person that works at this company and being lumped in with Hey ladies, that does not feel good. I said we were going to talk about my name change. We are going to talk about my name change, but I think first to talk about my gender is going to be important here. And this episode is going to require some emotional labor for me. And I'm happy to do that because I love storytelling. I love telling my story. I love sharing bits and pieces of my journey with the world. And emotional labor is expensive spiritually. And I don't think that gets talked about a lot the emotional labor that goes into being like a person of color or being a trans person or a queer person or even a woman in the public eye is 
we have to share trauma stories and stuff like that over and over and over again. And it is emotionally damaging. Luckily, I am in therapy, but also it's expensive. So I don't know, like if you're feeling generous, you can tip me. (laughs) I'm not afraid to say on this episode of Where Are We Now that the work that I do for this podcast, even though it's a free podcast and I love providing free content, it is emotional labor, honey. So if you like this podcast, if you like me, you know, you can support my work by subscribing to my Patreon or, you know, you can always like just donate to the Get Rivka Therapy Cause by Venmoing me. LOL. But all of this to be said, my gender is for me and people are going to perceive me how they perceive me. And I'm not bitter that because of the way I look, present, dress, talk, that I am culturally mostly societally perceived as like a woman. (laughs) And I say woman like that with a wink because it does feel like woman is a construct and a costume that I put on every day. Somebody jokingly yesterday was like, oh, I'm masked by day and femme by night. And I was just like, I think I'm like Danny Zuko by day and Rizzo by night from Greece. And that is like my gender. And then sometimes I'm just like a swamp hag. And sometimes I'm just like a little monkey. And other days I'm like a little fairy. And I have many different archetypes within myself, all of which get to come out to play at various moments of the day, various moments of the week, the month, whatever, depending on where the moon's at. And all of that exists under the umbrella of Rivka Reyes. My given name, the name that is the one that I was given at birth was Rebecca Julia Brown. There is a lot there to unpack. My mom is Filipina, 100%. She's a child of immigrants. And my father is an American Jew of Ashkenazi descent. So let's work backwards. The last name Brown. My dad's ancestors, actual last name was Braun, B-R-A-U-N. And somewhere a couple of generations ago, they decided to change it to brown to be more American, which is so sad. So sad to want to be American. <laughs> but I get it. You know, that was the norm back then. Rebecca is a biblical name. In the Bible, she was one of the matriarchs. And in the Torah, she is called Rivka. And the story of Rivka is super cool. Like she came from this sordid kind of like dysfunctional family. And because of what she endured in her family of origin, she decided to carry her message and help other people. And that became her life's duty. So literally Rivka and the Torah and Rivka Reyes, me today, we have some similarities, which is very tight. (laughs) And also in some versions of the Torah, she was like really witchy and like she could communicate with animals, which is tight. Anyway, Rebecca Julia Brown. My parents always said, like, we named you Rebecca Julia Brown because we saw that name in lights. And I never liked Rebecca. There was something about it that felt off ever since I was a kid. So I was always called, my parents called me Boo or Becca Boo or Boo Boo was like my nickname growing up. I think Filipinos like have millions of nicknames for one person. And I think that's amazing. And it's a great part of that culture. There's so many fun nicknames in my mom's side. We have like an Auntie Jing and like a Uncle Bong. And (laughs) they called one of my siblings Baby Bok Choi for like a long time, which was, I think, very cute, a very cute ass nickname. 
but Boo Boo and Becca and like they never called me Rebecca. And I always thought it was such a I don't know. It just felt like such an off thing. It just I think names are silly, first of all. The only reason we need them is so we can tell the difference between who is who, you know. <laughs> Julia is the middle name that I was given. And I, I still love Julia. Julia is the name of my great grandmother. And in Jewish culture, you're only supposed to name kids after somebody who has passed. If I was named after my dad, that would be kind of disrespectful because he's still alive. And then Brown, and I spoke about that already, where that last name kind of came from. All that to be said, Rebecca Julia Brown. It's again, similar to the way I say like, yeah, sure, I'm a woman. Like it's a costume. It's a It's just like something that doesn't really fit, but I'm comfortable putting it on for a couple hours and then like taking it off at the end of the day, like a bra. I just never felt a connection with it. And people would always in Chicago, like they would call me BB or B Brown or, you know, B squared was one of my nicknames in high school. Again, I always had nicknames. And then in 20, I want to say it was 2018, I started going by Bex, which is like a shortened form of Rebecca Bex, B-E-X not professionally or anything like professionally, I was still like going as Becca Brown. And even that like Becca just, it just feels, I'm going to say it. It feels white. (laughs) It's just very white. (laughs) Becca, Becca, like it's not me. It didn't feel like me. It never felt like me. And so in 2018 or like 2019, early 19, I started going by Bex and I started going by exclusively they, them pronouns at work and in my family and not really online. Like I didn't feel like carrying the burden of coming out to my followers just because I knew like, you know, people weren't quite down or understanding of non-binariness and you know, I get, I still, I mean, not a lot of people are, to be honest, it is 2021 and people need to get their shit together. But like, I get a lot of comments that are like, it makes no sense. You're a girl. And then other comments that are like, what you did one movie and now you're just a he, she, and that's fucking disgusting. And like, you know, whoever hurt you, I'm sorry that you have such limiting beliefs on gender. That's really sad. So I started going by Bex and then it didn't really stick. Also, my sister's boyfriend's name is Bex. And so it would be weird for me to have the same name as my sister's boyfriend. But again, like my sister, she has like 40 different nicknames for me based on that, or my old name, Rebecca. Like she would call me like Bakuli or Baku. Or when I was being bad, my dad would call me Disrespecta, which is so mean. Becula. And I just never was like, Becca. Oh God. Like saying it out loud even now is just like, it's like a foreign word that I'm like not familiar with at all. And then during the pandemic, I found TikTok to be really inspiring. I was seeing a bunch of non-binary people living their truth. And I was seeing a lot of queer feminine folks coming out and accepting and really living in their queerness and in their fluidity, seeing a lot of people go from using only she, her pronouns to using both she and they interchangeably, which was a part of my journey. When I was in the play American Idiot in Chicago, I met somebody who was non-binary for the first time. And 
they use they, them pronouns and they had gone through a name change and they carried really mask energy, but then they were also comfortable in certain parts of femininity. And I really resonated with them and I felt seen by this person. And I was just like, I feel like we probably are the same gender or lack thereof. And I started going by she and they interchangeably around like late 2015 I honestly, earnestly did not care, but then people started using they and defaulting to they for me. And I really liked that. And it gave me my first kind of dose of gender euphoria was around that time when people started, you know, introducing me at shows with they, them pronouns, which was really tight to know that about myself. But then like I was in a relationship with a cis man and we were connected through one of my non-binary friends and early on in the relationship, he was just like, hey, so our mutual friend told me that you use they, them pronouns, but then your profile said she and they interchangeably. So I just want to know if you have a preference. And I was just like, I really don't have a preference. Just try to switch it up. And then he ended up defaulting to she, which is what he was comfortable with. And for a while, that was fine. It really was fine. And then it became not fine, actually. <laughs> After watching all these TikToks and doing my own research and information gathering on myself and on my gender, on my feelings and being in therapy and stuff, and also connecting with other sober trans people and, you know, sober queer people and just queer and trans people in general, I came out as non-binary on TikTok in June. The story behind that is I was in a group text with a bunch of sober women and they kept on addressing the group ads like, Hey ladies, Hey ladies, Hey ladies, can you do this? Hey ladies, can you do that? Hey ladies. And I got in my feelings and I was just like, Hey, just so you know, like not everybody in this group identifies as ladies. So if we could use, Hey folks or Hey friends or Hey everyone or Hey y'all or Hey fellows, like instead of lumping in like everyone under this, like, Hey galleys, gate ladies, girlies, like chicas. I snapped and I just didn't feel like I belonged in that group. And then I had a bit of like a mania induced like spiral. I made this TikTok where I was just for the last couple of years, I've been comfortably identifying as she and they interchangeably. But now I'm demanding that you use they them for me because that is how I feel the most comfortable, the most seen, the most heard, respected, loved is when people see the fluidity and use the pronouns they, them for me. I have reverted back now to being a little less of a stickler on it because honestly, like I said, I know I don't have the expectation that I'm going to change my pronouns and the world is going to instantly just be like, oh, they, because the world is asleep behind AF. But I will say with the people that I'm close to, I notice who defaults to she. I'm not like keeping tabs. I'm not like, a, you know, fucking growing a resentment list. And, you know, I'm well, I'm always growing a resentment list and I'm working on it, but I'm not keeping tabs and plotting revenge. I'm not a Scorpio. I'm a Leo. Leos don't really do revenge. Like we're, we're just like, oh, noted. Like I will remember that for the rest of my life and kind of stew on it and like probably make art about it. I'm also like a Chiron in Leo as well. So <laughs> I am meant to air out my trauma in the public eye. It's kind of just like written in the stars. But anyway, when I was learning how to open the Akashic Records, which is a part of my practice, 
and I do tarot and Akashic Records readings for other people. But in order to teach myself how to read them for other people, I taught myself how to read the Akashic Records on myself. If you don't know what the Akashic Records are, I would recommend checking out some of Holisticism's content on it. That's how I learned how to open mine. And that's also how I learned how to open for other people. The Akashic Records, basically, long story short, are a liminal database in the sky and the stars of everything that has happened, everything that will happen, everything that is already happening. And when you open them using a prayer, you open the records for yourself. You can open them for other people if they give you consent. You can open them for a relationship. You can open them for a house, an animal, a plant. I know people that have opened the Akashic Records for their business. Everything has a record, right? And it's not written. It just is. I opened the records for myself and asked within them, what is my soul's name? And I kept on seeing the image of a river. It was like me kneeling by a river. It was just like me reflecting, my face reflecting back to me in a river, kind of like the narcissist myth. River. I was just like, okay, river. And I like wrote that down. And I thought maybe river was the name that I was meant to have. And then I let that go. And then a couple of days later, I came back to opening the records and I was asking other questions. And by the way, like when you're in the records, you can ask a bunch of questions or you can just open them to write. Sometimes I, I open them and channel songs or, you know, write poetry or just journal. But mostly what I'll do is I'll prepare five to 10 questions for myself to ask within the records. And then I ask the questions and then I wait for the answer to come. And sometimes the answer comes as a visual download. It'll sometimes come as like an audio sensory feeling, or like sometimes it'll just feel like a warm hug and somehow I will know what that means. It's really wild and it's really cool. And I'd love to open the records for anyone who listens to this podcast. You are totally able to book a session with me. I'll drop the link in the show notes and I'll make a special discount code, which will be where are we now for 15% off Akashic Records readings and tarot readings with moi, with me virtually. They're really fun. I love all my clients very much. And I love opening the records and reading tarot and getting into your soul. It makes me so happy. But there was another time I was reading my own records and I kept on hearing the Torah, the Torah, the Torah, and go back to the motherland, go back to the motherland to find your name. And I heard that. And then I remembered River and I was just like, Rivka. And as I mentioned before, Rivka in the Torah is the de-anglicized Hebrew version of Rebecca, which is my old name. And then I asked my sister who did our ancestry.com to send me the family tree. And I noticed on the family tree that one of our ancestors on my mother's side, I think it's her great-grandmother, her last name is Reyes. Reyes in Spanish, it means kings. And as we know, the Philippines were colonized by Spain. So it's not a Filipino last name. Like this is a Spanish last name that a lot of Filipinos have because the Philippines were colonized brutally by Spain. It's so fucked up. So before I was saying that my name Riv Correa is decolonized, it's like really not decolonized. It honors my ancestry, but since the Philippines are heavily colonized, it's technically still a colonized name. And that issue is a whole other episode. That's for another episode after maybe I've had some more time to educate myself on the colonization of the Philippines. And all I know of it is that the Spanish folks came to 
the land that is now known as the Philippines and named it after a prince named Philip who had never even set foot on our land, which is fucked up. And again, I need to read more about this. I need to do more research. But what I can honestly say is my sister and a couple of my other Filipino friends have been instrumental in me learning and unlearning about a lot of stuff in regards to the colonization and assimilation, the Philippines. I chose the middle name Juno because it is still close to Julia. And it still, I think, honors my great-grandmother Mimi, Julia. But also Juno in Roman myth is the goddess of gods. And the name Rivka Juno Reyes, Brown as well. Like Brown is, you know, my family last name. And I always will identify as being a part of the Brown family, even though like, you know, there's been some heat, there's been some distance, (laughs) some tension. I do still identify as being a part of my family. (laughs) I wanted to honor both my ancestry and my gender fluidity. My ancestors, I feel them with me when I open my Akashic records. I feel them with me when I open my eyes in the morning. And when I'm in my Akashic records, my ancestors are guiding me towards them towards carrying out their message, carrying out what they want. My ancestors didn't experience gender dysphoria. So I'm doing everything I can not to experience gender dysphoria. And changing my name was a part of that and is still a part of that. And Rivka means captivating. Juno means goddess of gods. And Reyes means kings. So when you translate my full name, it's captivating goddess of kings. Like that's fucking like... It's so gender affirming. It feels like a superhero. It gives me so much joy. I'm getting emotional about it because I fucking love being Rivka Reyes. It's who I am. It's who I was always meant to be. It was written, I mean, centuries ago that I would come to this point in my life and find this out about myself within the Akashic Records in the summer of 2020, the worst year of everyone's life. And so since August, around my birthday, August 18th, I've been going by Rivka Juno Reyes professionally, personally. And you don't need to ask me if I still go by Becca or if you can still call me Rebecca or when you were talking about me when I was 10, you can refer to me as Rebecca. No, I've been Rivka the whole time. It's just that that was blurred by addiction and trauma and pain and just not knowing stuff about myself. So now I am living in my full self, the fullest self that I can live in right now. There's still more self to uncover, but that's why I changed my name. I think it's a beautiful name. I love when people call me Rivka. I love when people call me Riv. The first time I said my name was Rivka in a meeting in front of people felt amazing. The first time I changed my name on Zoom to Rivka and walked into like a Zoom room and had people go, hi, Rivka. I was just like, I have arrived. Oh, and when people call me Riv, like my friend Brandon, I remember when I first changed my name to Rivka, my friend Brandon was like, can I call you Riv? And I was just like, yes, please. And Riv feels so good. Like I get chills every time I, <laughs> I'm literally like my, my little arm hairs, my well, little arm hairs. I have, I my arms are completely covered in hair. I am Jewish and Filipino after all. My arm hairs are standing up just thinking of the fact that when people call me Riv, it gives me so much euphoria. So that is the story of why, how, 
I changed my name and you also get a little bit of my gender journey in there. It's still a journey, y'all. Like I experienced a lot of gender euphoria yesterday being around trans men, like a group of like predominantly trans men, but that's not how I identify today. Who knows? Tomorrow I could wake up and suddenly be like, I am a man and I want to go on testosterone and I want to get top surgery. That's not my journey today, but I'm open to it. If it happens to become my journey I'm open to it because gender is fluid. I'm open. I am very open to receiving right now, whatever that is, receiving messages from higher power, my ancestors, open to new gender, new names. If tomorrow I wake up and I'm like, wait, Rivka's not doing it for me anymore. I could change it. Names are, like I said, names are silly. We can just change them. And I want to give some shout outs now to some of my gender heroes, Ezra Michelle, Elliot Page, my sister, Jojo Brown, some of my close, close buddies, Emily Modaff, Jake Knoll, Zach Barrick, Theo Germain, Armand Fields, also known as Cleopocalypse. There are so many gender heroes in my life. I mean, fuck, Alona Verley, the first indigenous person to go on Drag Race, got Mick. I love trans people. We're so magical and so beautiful. I struggled. I didn't want to change my name for a long time because I was afraid of what was going to happen in the industry, right? And I was just like, oh, like, it'll be too much. It'll be so weird if I just like change my name this late in life after people have come to know me as Becca Brown or Rebecca Julia Brown or whatever. But it was killing me to say Rebecca Julia Brown because that wasn't me. And when I finally did decide to change my name professionally to Rivka Reyes, I was just like, you know what? If I'm destined, like my parents thought, to be a person with my name in lights, then why can't it be the name that I choose? If you could change your fate, would you? (laughs) I'll just say one more thing before I wrap it up here. I talked about gender and race and colonization and assimilation and some things that I'm not like fully 100%. I don't think I'll ever be 100% educated on any of this stuff. I'm I'm always going to be a student of life and I love to remain teachable. If I've said anything on this episode that rubbed you the wrong way, didn't sound right, but I'd be especially interested to hear from trans and non-binary people of color, fellow Filipino folks or indigenous folks. If I said something that is not correct, please, please tell me. I promise I won't be upset. I will actually be elated. I want to thank my sister again, one more time, Jojo, for helping me and helping me understand some stuff about our family's history and about general history and about some of the gross shit that happens to indigenous folks and people of color. And shout out to Bex, her boyfriend, who taught her a lot of this stuff too. So yeah, like I said, my inbox is open at Where Are We Now Pod. You can reach out to me and leave me little voice notes. I love a voice note on Instagram too. Give me feedback. I love feedback. I am super open to constructive criticism. And I just want to record this podcast from a place of love and understanding. So yeah, thank you for tuning in. That's all I got. I hope you have a good rest of your day, honey bunny. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Where Are We Now with Rivka Reyes. Please check us out on Instagram at Where Are We Now Pod. And if you like our show, please leave us a review. If you leave a review and DM a screenshot on Instagram at Where Are We Now Pod, I will pull a tarot card for you. That's right. I might also give you some tough love. You might need it. 
join our community on Patreon for BTS, spicy content, spicy pictures. Yeah, you know you want to get a picture of my sweet, sweet ass in your email, personalized shoutouts, and more. Patreon.com slash Rivka Reyes. You can follow me at Rivka Reyes on Twitter and at Rivka.Reyes on Instagram and TikTok. Last but not least, I must give credit to our wonderful team of women. The music is produced by Elise Watman, the graphics are designed by Marina Heinze, and the editing is done by our friends at WeEditPodcast.com, which is a women-owned business. So cool. We love to see it. Finally, just know wherever you are in your life, physically, mentally, spiritually, you are loved. Get used to it, babe. See you next week.